All right. Good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? I've got a little bit of business that we have to take care of first. If you will go into your bulletin, please, take a look at your notes there. Um, I got a little ahead of myself. So what you see there is actually the um, topic for next week's message. Um, I got a little convoluted there in my emails and things are going and everybody's so busy and that's my whoopsie. So if you wouldn't mind pulling out a pen, scratch that out. Our topic for today is going to be assurance. Uh, Don't ask me how to spell that. I have spell check that helps me. So just, you know, hold that there. But this week, we're going to be continuing the Psalms of Ascent. And their build up to the message this morning, I, I want you to consider a question with me. As we've had the opportunity to sing together and to turn our hearts towards the Lord, I want to ask us this question. Does your worship come from a place of knowing who God is? Today we're going to be digging into Psalm 121 to reveal four truths about God with the hope to pump up our worship in order to influence not only your lives but the lives of others. With that stage being set, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalm 121. And as you do, please allow your mind to wander a little bit to the person sitting next to you. Not in a weird, hypervigilant, I'm making awkward eye contact with the person next to me way. (laughs) But just as an opportunity to wonder about your brothers and sisters in Christ. How's their week been? How is their family doing? How can I be praying for them? You might even be so bold as to ask them that after the service. But what I would like for this thoughtfulness to highlight is solidarity with one another. Unity. Common experience with each other. Our circumstances of life, details may differ, and hardships and blessings may look a little different, but all in all, we are not so different from one another in the moments that like one day turn into the next. Just as we are not so different from the people whose hearts were moved millennia ago by the author of this song, we are all worshipers. And we're all living a very busy life. As we look at these verses in Psalm 121, don't see a song written sometime in the distant past in experiences long since forgotten on a journey many of us may never take. But rather, hear the celebration, the worship our hearts can join with of those who love the Lord no matter the circumstances. How is that possible? Why does that make sense? As we'll see in the psalm, it is because worship starts with recognizing who God is. If my life stands solidly on the truth of the one and only God who sustains me, my life cannot help but be a life of worship. Here in the text, 
look for these wonderful promises of who God is to those who are believers through faith in Christ. These four points. God my helper. God my keeper. God my protector. And God my preserver. Now without any further time, let's get into God's word. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let us pray. Father God, in the midst of this time together, our hope and our heart is to understand better you the foundation and the purpose for our worship. Father, you are so good to us to show us who you are throughout your scripture. But as we take this time here in Psalm 121, allow us, Lord, to pause, to not allow the busyness of our lives and the the circumstances of the things that would distract us, Lord, to pull us away, but let us rest here. Hold firmly to the truth of who that you have given to us, of who you are in your word. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Getting right into it, point number one, God my helper. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? Right out of the gate, we're brought into the circumstances of the traveler, or by way of simple application, you and me. Here's what I mean by you and me. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where your anxieties got the better of you? Of course you have. We all have, right? Usually, I'm not asking where is my help unless I'm smack dab in the middle of a situation where I need some help, where help is necessary. You're struggling. You're hurting. Mentally or physically exhausted. It's been, it's been a long journey through scorching days and bitter cold nights not knowing what is around the next corner. Call to mind, if you will, the pilgrim from last week's message. Solidarity in, can I pay my bills? Should I take that new job? Can I keep my kids from getting hurt? Name your situation. We've all been in it somewhere or somehow. Here's the key. Knowing 
not just thinking or guessing or maybe I need to look a little bit deeper, but knowing you are not sufficient to calm the calamity in your life. But that's a victory when we turn our eyes from the creation, what is around us, ourselves, the idols of our hearts, or the distractions to keep us occupied, those things to sustain us. Where does deliverance or sustenance in the midst of the struggle come from? Look at the verse. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The the Lord, y'all, this is Yahweh. This is the covenant God. The same promise-making, promise-keeping, promise-fulfilling God who revealed himself by name to Moses in the Exodus. You guys remember that? The, the, The Israelites... 400 years of slavery under the Egyptians. It's it's described this way in in Exodus chapter 1. It says this. So they, being the Israelites, or excuse me, being the Egyptians, ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard work in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. The God of promises saw what was happening to his people and said this to Moses for our benefit. It, it, that's in Exodus 3, but, but stop for a moment with me. Before I read this, I was going to say, look at me, but I have your attention, and I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> for the next few seconds, I need, I need you to hear this, church. This, this is for you. Don't hear Israelites and Egyptians and Canaanites and, and let your ears be closed by foreign peoples and faraway lands. Hear God talking about you. Your struggle your pain, your Egypt. Hear God's eyes on your life, your circumstances, and his heart towards you. I would even say, close your eyes and let this sink in. Exodus 3 says this, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, And have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land. A land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Havites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come up to me, and I have seen the oppression with which Egyptians oppress them. The Lord, Yahweh, 
the covenant keeper who has proved his promises are seen through to completion throughout history. The Lord who handcrafted by the word of his mouth the heavens. All that our eyes can marvel in, in the sun and the moon, stars and galaxies, and the maker of the earth, the beautiful diversity in plants and animals and people, the waters and the wind, the one and only God, creator of all things, He, He is your helper. He sees all that you experience, all of your worries, and all that could have ever happened to you. And He says, it's okay. I'm right here. Let's take that momentum, that helpfulness, the God, our helper, and move on into verse 3 of Psalm 121. God, my keeper, see this, he will not let your foot be moved. God, my keeper. The NSAB says it this way, he will not allow your foot to slip. Here's what the verse is saying. God, my keeper of the direction of my life. God's sovereignty includes the fundamental whole of where I'm headed. The path on which I'm moving is is maintained by God himself as a believer. That means whether I'm in Muskegon, Michigan, or move 800 miles across the country to Madison, South Dakota, I'm not slipping or moving outside of God's ability to fulfill His purposes and His plans in my life. Not only in me, but also through me. God's sovereignty moves with us to work in us and through us. So, this is bad news. For all of you who've ever stumbled or a little clumsy, the other day I I about went sailing through our window as my wonderful son set a trap for me. As the sureness of my foot was replaced by his car, I was made well aware of my need to repent before the Lord for the unsureness of my footing. We laugh. But church, I want you to know this. There are some that read this and that's exactly what they see. That's exactly what they hear. This is not what God is like. Can I say something here that might astonish some of you? It might even not be that much of a surprise. Calamity in life will happen. We live in a world broken by sin. But it is not an indicator that God is displeased with you. I love the way that Psalm 37, 23, and 24 puts this. It's just a quick two verses, and I'm just going to read this. But, but I want you to see this here. Psalm 37 says this, the, man, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast 
headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. This is, this is not, oh boy, Lord, reveal your direction to me because I can mess this whole thing up and be so outside your will that I'll never get back if I don't get every single detail correct. This is God who knows you, made you, and everything else. He sets before you, each and every one of you, a confidence in himself that creates assurance for your steps. Now this goes on to be reaffirmed by the completeness of when he is attending to that work. Look back at Psalm 121. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. Now these little tidbits throughout Scripture are always kind of fun to me. Not only does God desire to make you unshakably aware of his presence and how he is watching over you, but he also does this funny little thing where he dresses specifically some false gods of the time. Here's a poke at Baal worship. And affirming that God himself never sleeps, he directly addresses the worshipers of Baal whose primary focus was to like flail about and make a bunch of racket and yell and scream and sadly do some other things that were really gross. But anyways, doing this until exhaustion for the sake of arousing their God from slumber. There's actually a pretty funny commentary that they give you in First uh, Kings chapter 18. Go ahead and look that up. It's, it's good. It's worth it. It's worth the trip. But for us today, God, Yahweh, does not sleep. His concern for you does not take a break. He's not looking for a chance to take a vacation. He's active and present and keeps you, watches over you, you, his beloved, his chosen people. If God's, if God's attention towards you and concern over you wasn't enough to open your heart with worship, we are presented even another opportunity to see God's promise. Point number three, God, my protector. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The shade upon your right hand. Well, here we go again. Another example of God cutting people out of the mix. First, it's you clumsy people. And now it's you lefties with your strange backwards writing and your ability to throw a ball so that us others can't. Anyways, you know, it's actually kind of funny. I read this a while back and it just made me laugh. Isn't it funny that we have one hand that can successfully do pretty much everything and the other one's just like, nah, holding a pencil is not in my wheelhouse. It's Anyway. Your dominant hand is not really the focus here. But rather, 
imagine a warm, sunny day. The wind blowing a little bit, the birds are chirping. But you're in a rough part of town. Some, some bad dudes are happy to be looking at you and scowling and thinking about taking your wallet or taking your, your watch or maybe stealing your shoes. But next to you, humming right along, is your best friend. Picture a six foot six, 370 pound bodybuilder, right? It's just comfortable as the day is long, so close that his shadow almost engulfs you. Wearing a t-shirt that says, try it, punk. Here's the point. God gives us protection. Safety. So close and so sure that it casts shade on what you do. Your actions, your activities. Yes, even your left hand, if that is how God has so gifted you. God, my protector, side by side. Well, not, not quite so fast. The, the, natural question, excuse me, the natural question of when, of course, comes up again, right? We had it before. So God doesn't sleep. He, he isn't tired, but... The sun isn't always shining on my hand. I, I like the way that the King James puts this. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Smite, it's a good word. We need to start using that word more often. Smite. God's protection doesn't take a break either day or night. It's complete, it's whole. Watching over his children, us, all the time. Now I can hear a little bit of the discomfort in the room, a little bit of rustle in the seats. I don't feel very protected by God when my son or daughter gets cancer. When I lost my job and the bill collectors are starting to call. When in an instant, that drunk driver took my loved ones from me. Beloved child of God, in the midst of tragedy and heartache, do not forget. These things deeply wound the heart of God. He is with you. He is for you. And sometimes his plans are hard for us to see. But don't forget, God is your helper. He is your keeper. He is your protector. But also, he is your preserver. Point number four. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. 
the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Believer, hear me. The Lord will keep you from evil. He will not let you be overcome. He has sealed you for himself. Though evil may happen to you, it cannot prevail against you. In God, you win. He will keep your life. Though you may shed off this mortal coil, you have eternal life. You, in that chair, have a forever destiny. The ins and outs, all you do in your life are guaranteed now and for all time. Yahweh, the promise fulfiller, stands firm in the promise of eternal preservation of your soul. Calamities will happen. But I can worship God that the promise of a new day is coming. Brokenness is all around us, but I can worship God that this brokenness has an end date. Hurt will take place. Bad things will happen. But I can worship God that he is with me and draws close to me in it. You can name your struggle. You can name the place that it came to you. You can name the experience of it. Wrestle with how it feels and how it wants to overwhelm you. But never stray from the truth. God, king and creator of all things, has a plan to preserve you for all of eternity. That plan is completed, done, finito, finished in Jesus. Salvation. When I am sealed by faith in Jesus Christ, I have total confidence. Worship pours out of me because of who God is. I can face what comes my way knowing the battle is already won. Church worship is fundamental to the life of those whose identity as a child of God is sealed in Jesus. For those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's not too late. But listen closely. The day is coming when it will be. Friend, if you find yourself with your heart strings being tugged today, please don't wait. Please don't make excuses. 
come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Let your life of worry, anxiety, and pain be replaced with a life of confidence in God, my helper. God, my keeper. God, my protector. And God, my preserver. Let God make these promises to you and breathe easy as he renews your life and your focus and sets worship of him in your heart today. Let's pray. Glorious and Holy Father, we thank you that you are our protector, that you are our keeper, that you are our helper and our preserver that these are not things that we made up of ourselves, but Lord, this is the truth of your word, that we can see it time and time again as we dig deep into the scriptures, to know you more, to understand you better, to live our lives dedicated to you, not because of ourselves, but because of what you have done for us. May our lives be poured out as a testimony to others of your goodness, of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.